Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the studios of Relate365.com. Uh, anybody should go to Relate365.com, download any podcast that we've done in the past. If you've been listening, you know that uh, a good friend who is now with the Lord, we used to talk to him about his condition, if you want to call it, his cancer. Uh, Nate Brash was a, was a good friend and a staff member here at Silver Birch Ranch. And now he's in the very presence of the Lord, enjoying God and all of his mercies forever and ever and with all those who've gone before us. He actually knows what uh, Moses is up to today. And the rest of us have to guess. And if you've been listening, you know that I've talked with Jenna, his wife, before. And it's been a while now. How long since Nate went home to be at the Lord? He passed away a year ago in November. So it's been just over a year. A little bit over a year. Mm -hmm. And we haven't talked on on younger, older since then. And I thought we need to have an update as far as what God's doing in your heart, how you're doing, how you're thinking. And it looks to me from the outside that you're doing well, that, that you are enjoying life, you're enjoying your children, and you're missing Nate at the same time. Yes. So all those things are happening. What, what is it you're thinking about in life right now? What is it that goes through your head? You get up in the morning, Nate's not there, or at night. What are you, what are you thinking about, and what sustains you? What, what are you hoping for? Um, what keeps me going is the goodness of God. Okay. Um, despite anything that I have been through or that Nate has been through or that I will go through, God is still good. And I'm starting now to see some of the fruits of God's goodness and his promises that he made, you know, to Nate and to myself, um, promises for provision, for care, for um, comfort. And I'm starting to kind of see some of that now, you know, now that we've had some time to heal. And it's just, I wake up every morning and I see how good God is. Wow. You know, you, you use the word promise, which it, it's an interesting term because people can promise you things, but at some point they have to deliver in order for you to believe the promise in the future. And, and what I hear you saying is you, there was a time where you and Nate were trying to figure out what, what is going on. How are we going to do this in the future? How am I going to do it in the future? And you trusted in who God was at that point. And now it's a year later. Has he been faithful to you, and how? And and what has what have you learned from his word? What what are the passages maybe you go to to get strength? What is he teaching you that way? Um, as far as has he been faithful? Absolutely. And I have so many stories about how God provided, and it wasn't necessarily the way that I wanted him to provide. It wasn't what I thought was best for me and for my kids and for us, you know, moving forward. But it turns out it was perfectly what God had for us. Hmm. So we see, you know, we didn't, I didn't necessarily get what I wanted. I think Nate did because he's in glory and he's perfect now and he's not suffering. Um, But I didn't get what I necessarily wanted. My kids didn't get what they wanted. But um, despite what we went through, God is still providing and he's still doing things and giving us things and showing us things and providing for us in ways that I can carry out the work that he's given me to do. And I'm starting to see some of the fruits of that work, you know, in my life and the lives of my children. What what is the work he wants you to do, do you think? (laughs) I think just sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel with my kids, 
you know, teaching them, training them, being a mom. Um, he's provided financially for us so that I can stay home. Okay. I can homeschool through the pandemic so my kids don't have to worry about uncertainty as far as education and, and school schedules and all of that. And through homeschooling, you know, I have opportunities to read scripture every day. Um, I have opportunities to share the gospel with my children every day. And I'm seeing God using that to bring him glory and to glorify himself and to reveal himself, not only to me, but to my children as well. Absolutely. You you know, it's really cool. I'm I'm an old teacher. And one of the things that I've learned through the years is that children learn only so much with words. Mm -hmm. The example is where they really learn from. Yes. And so this pandemic came up. You began to homeschool your children. Mm-hmm. Was that in your plans originally? Absolutely not. N- neither Nate or myself were really fans of homeschooling. Okay. Um, which is kind of why I was dragging my feet, you know, to begin with, because I didn't want to go against, you know, what we had both agreed on. But a very, very dear friend kind of counseled me and and led me to homeschooling because I was kind of leaning that way. I didn't want them to have to go back to school and end up coming home. And going back and coming home, right. I didn't think, you know, the school environment would be as conducive to learning post-pandemic as pre-pandemic. So in trying to figure out what the best thing was for my kids, I had kind of reached out to her and she helped me catch the vision of not just homeschooling, but really taking on the responsibility of training your children in righteousness and witnessing to them and reading scripture and and all of that and so and it's not just school but teaching them in life and there's so many examples where they learn about Christ and new creation and how everything you know like that first year we went through winter you know in the north right. woods which right. is pretty difficult but then we looked forward to the spring and i was able to tell them you know we'd go out and we'd see the new plants starting to come up through the snow And I tell them, like, God promises that there's going to be a spring, not only in nature, but in our lives and in our hearts. And if we accept him, we have newness of life and we can look forward to someday becoming a new creation in him. So it's just so many opportunities to to teach and train them and help kind of guide them through through life. I think it's so vital for for, um, people to understand it's not something necessarily in life that you plan, but it's something that God seemed to plan. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and and you're listening to the Holy Spirit as, as he guides and directs. And your plans changed. I mean, you didn't plan on Nate getting cancer and dying when he did. No, you didn't plan not. on homeschooling. No. <laughs> we certainly didn't plan on a pandemic. No. no. So in the last year, there's been all kinds of non-planned events. Yes. <laughs> that, that and those tend to not be very good for people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it kind of puts you in a position where you have to, do, like, I didn't have any other choice other than to reach out to God. Right. Like, I was drowning, and he put his arm out, and I grabbed on because it was the only thing that I had at that time. And I think those situations are where we really see the power and strength and faithfulness of God. You know, that's encouraging, Jenna, because one of the things that I, I love telling young people especially, you need to know God. And when you can't figure out the rest of life, you need to trust God. And and you know I've said so often, God's older than you, smarter than you, and loves you. You can actually trust him. So you're demonstrating that 
not only to me, but to everybody who's listening, that God is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And one day, I think, no matter what, when, when you see Nate again, you see God, mm-hmm. they're, they're looking and go, that's what you needed to do. You needed to show the world that God is trustworthy, and you're doing that. You must have read some uh, verses in the Bible, some things that encouraged you, that challenged you. Would you share those with us? I would love to. Um, One, the one that I'm going to start off with, um, my sister-in-law did a painting of Nate. And it was when I had taken a photograph when we went to the Grand Canyon right before he passed away. And it's a picture of him looking out over the Grand Canyon. And she had painted it from the photograph. And she captioned it, um, great is your faithfulness. And the set of verses that that is from is from Lamentations. And I think it's so interesting because Lamentations is a book of lamenting. It's mourning. Um, Mm -hmm. God was judging the Israelites because they were unrepentant. And he, you know, Jerusalem was in ruins. Um, People are suffering. And in the middle of that, in Lamentations chapter 3, Um, starting in verse 19, it says, Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will hope in him and um in other versions of scripture i think in the king james and the niv it says it is of the lord's mercies that we are not consumed his mercies never come to an end they are new every morning great is your faithfulness and so jeremiah when he wrote this he realized that the only reason why he was able to get up in the morning and breathe and look around and see anything was because the Lord has not completely wiped him off of the face of the earth. And we as sinful people, because I was thinking and I'm reading this and I'm like, well, I'm not necessarily suffering for my sin. You know, there wasn't something that I did or that Nate had done to bring this about, but we still deserve that same thing. We are still sinners. And it's only because of the grace of God that we are able to get up every morning and so when i when i get up in the morning and i look out and i see god's beautiful creation before me and i see my kids um it's a reminder that it is because of god choosing to bless me not because of anything that i've done but according to his great mercy and so i can get up and i can praise him and worship him and it's only because of that that i'm not just completely wiped off the face of the earth and God is faithful and God was faithful to the Israelites and he you know they went through that period of judgment and and punishment for their sins but God was still faithful and he still brought them through that and he still preserved his people and he will be faithful and he will preserve me and he has and will preserve Nate and his his kingdom work will be done Mm -hmm. no matter what. Well, I tell you, those are great thoughts. And, uh, I, you know, if somebody is listening to us and they're thinking, you know, I need to think differently than I am now because I can't get my thoughts that way. Mm-hmm. I encourage you, get in the Bible, read yes. it. Yep. God doesn't need you. He wants you. Mm-hmm. He loves you. Let him talk to you. If you're a believer, 
If you put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit will illuminate these words to you. They'll, they'll, they'll allow you to understand his love and respond to it. Um, you reminded me of a, of, of a story, Elijah. You remember Elijah in the, yeah. in the Bible? Yep. So he prayed for a drought. So the circumstances, okay, the drought was mm-hmm. going to affect him. And then all of a sudden, he didn't have water and he didn't have food. <laughs> so God gave him food through a ravens and yep. through a brook. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't long before the brook dried up and the ravens quit bringing him food. And I thought, well, God, how are you going to provide for him? Do you know that the circumstances of life, Elijah never should have allowed the brook or the ravens to be what he trusted in. Yes. He needed to trust in God, and God just was going to show him that. So then he goes to a widow, which you can identify (laughs) with, and he tells the widow, who only has enough for one meal, give it to me. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this is going from tough to even tougher. Yeah. The man of God's telling the widow, think of the circumstances, and you've had circumstances, but think of these circumstances. She was going to make a meal, feed her one son, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And he said, don't worry about it. Give it to me, and you'll have plenty of flour and plenty of oil. Yep. And she did. But it wasn't long after that her son died. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, this is, you know, brook dried, ravens dried plenty of flour, plenty of water. You know what I thought? I thought the circumstances, I'll bet you she was now trusting the water and the flour. Yep. Because God brought the son right back to life. I mean, Elijah went, mm-hmm. prayed for him. He got back to life. And I'm just looking at you thinking, you know what? The circumstances in your life have been such where, you know, Nate's alive. I can trust that he's going to take care of me. He's yep. got, And God says, well, not really. I'm the one that takes care of you. And you just reminded me of that as you read that and thought, uh, you know, God, the circumstances of life, if you're listening to us today, the circumstances of your life are are not beyond God working through to -hmm. allow you to see who he is and to allow you to show everyone else who he is. But you got to know him first. If you don't know Christ, that's the basic issue of life because you're still not a part of his family. And you, Jenna, being part of God's family, gives you the stability and the hope, not only to be reconciled one day with God in eternity, but with Nate, Moses, Mm -hmm. Elijah, the whole works, (laughs) the widow there, you know, I mean, the whole works, you'll be able to see them all. And that's, what a great hope to have and and to live out. Uh, I'm sure there are other scripture passages that you could share with us, so (laughs) try that for us. Sure, the the last one that I wanted to share um, is, First Corinthians, um, and I'll skip around in chapter 15. Um, I'm going to start in verse 42. So is it with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. And skip down to 49. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. And then in verse 53, for this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. 
O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Mm. What a beautiful, beautiful promise for Nate, for Moses, for Elijah, for me, for you, for anyone who is trusting in Christ as their Savior. Absolutely. Those who actually know God have hope. Amen. And those who don't, don't Mm -hmm. have hope. And that's the real issue. And uh, I don't know how many times I've suggested that if you really today are angry with God, mm-hmm. then you don't know him. If you're disappointed in God, you don't know him. Yeah. If you don't want to listen to him, you don't know, him. know him. See, the, the answer goes back to the very simple all the time. You, you need to spend time with him to get to know him. Mm-hmm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here and think that you actually spend time reading your Bible on a regular basis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Probably more now so having gone through, you know, what what I've gone through. I think God right. has really used the circumstances to be like, hey, you need to, you need to do this a little more. So. Now, do your children see you reading, reading the Bible? Yep. I usually, I read it to them as part of homeschool and we mm-hmm. do devotions. We, we're reading through the Bible at night too. Um, I usually try to get up early, like before the kids wake up, just okay. so I can focus on, you know, sure. scripture and, and prayer. Um, sometimes they'll come down early, so right. they'll kind of see me with my Bible and my cup of coffee. And yeah, so, you know, I think yeah. that's so critical that parents allow their children to see them do stuff that's really important. Mm-hmm. And reading the Bible is really important. Yes. And so <laughs> it, for them to just see you doing that, enjoying a cup of coffee with God. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to understand that there's a relationship there. It's not just this religious thing that happens at church that you go to, you stand up, you sit down, you give money, whatever it might be. Yes. That's not what it is. It's actually a sustaining relationship that gives you purpose in life, and they need to see that. Mm-hmm. Now, remind us of your kids' ages. My youngest is four, my middle child is five, and my oldest is eight. Okay, and, and so you're at home with that age span. Mm-hmm. You're always on. Yes. <laughs> you're always on. And you're happy. I mean, I, yes. when I see you, you usually are smiling. Yeah. I, I know that that can't be 100% of the time. <laughs> um, your kids seem to be enjoying life Yes. at this point. Yes, they are. And if I could tell the listeners, I mean, that's a testimony in itself that, that mm-hmm. you, when I see you, are usually smiling and your children seem to be enjoying life. Yes. And a year ago, a little more than a year ago, um, their dad left yeah. and your husband. And yep. and some, as you get in the Bible, as you see the relationship with God, as you trust him, your strength grows. Would that be accurate? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And I think our the joy that it, that is evident, you know, on our faces is testimony to how good God is. If it were up to me, I would not be joyful, yeah. you know, and I wouldn't be able to impart that joy to my children. And... I think the only way that we can have joy is because we have that hope. We know that this isn't it. This, you know, and and we're fulfilling the, our purpose, which is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. So, yeah. Well, I think I think as I as I watch you go through that with your children, especially, it's really exciting. Especially being outdoors with them, I see every once in a while you post something outside. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, my master's degree, my 
background is really outdoor education. So I love it oh, when fun. people are outdoors, yeah. enjoying the woods, enjoying. We've, we've often talked on this program and with people here at camp about discovering God in nature mm-hmm. and the awesomeness that you can find just looking at a sunrise absolutely, or a yep. sunset. Um, we were listening to a podcast, and I forget who, who did it, but they basically suggested a change in place and a change in pace usually mm-hmm. will change your perspective, yes. you know, the three Ps there. So uh, people need to get out. They need to change what they're thinking. They need to change their environment every once in a while. And you live at the edge of some farms. Mm-hmm. And so you get to do that. And are you, uh, let me just ask you a couple of practical questions about life now uh, that you're, okay. you're not with Nate. Are you, when you, when Nate was alive, uh, he hunted, you hunted. Yes. Yep. Are you still hunting? Yes. I actually got out a few times this year and it was really good to, to get, kind of get back into that. I didn't um, last fall because it was the last couple months of, of Nate's life. Right. And so I was with him, but it was really nice to get back out there. Did you get anything? I didn't. I didn't either. <laughs> so we're on the same plane. Yes. And I and I hunted a lot this year. And it, it seems like, you know, two days after uh, this season, a deer walks up to the window of yeah. my house <laughs> where I'm reading and I'm thinking, you have got to be kidding. I, I've looked for you for the whole bow season, which oh, is yeah. from yep. September till Until January. Just recently, yep. And I think, I, I didn't see one within range, and mm-hmm. now you're walking up to my window. Yep. It wasn't fair. <laughs> um, and uh, it, Nate was a uh, an NRA guy. He liked his his, oh, yes. his guns, yep. his pistols, his <laughs> his rifles. Uh, are you continuing that tradition? Yes. Yep. I, I, I still have my concealed carry permit. Okay. Um, I still love target shooting. Yep. Um, are, are these things that you thought, oh, I'm going to give that to Nate to do in life and I'm not going to pick up all this stuff because, I mean, you're a hunter, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're enjoying doing these things, mm-hmm. it seems. Is this the way you thought your life would turn and twist or is this something that is, is because Nate's no longer with us that you're doing these things? I had been, I mean, I grew up pretty much in the woods as a kid and my dad hunted. So, I mean, hunting's kind of always been something that I've been interested in doing. And, you know, we used to hike outside a lot and, you know, all of that. So it's kind of, it's what I enjoyed doing even before Nate. And so, and it was something that Nate and I could share together. Um, I would prefer that Nate would still be here to enjoy it with me, but um, I'm thankful that I can do these things and I can enjoy them. Right. You know, when you look backwards, do you see how God prepared you personality-wise and everything for this moment in history where you needed to be on your own with your kids? I mean, when I look back, what is it that caused you to be somebody who could uh, be independent mm-hmm. like you are? I mean, not everybody seems to be as well-equipped or handle it as well <laughs> as you are. Now, we understand that God works in your heart. You mm-hmm. But are there other things you look backwards and say, boy, you know, God helped me there and there and there and prepared me for a time. And I don't know if you've ever even looked at that yet. I think so. I think, I mean, I've I've always been independent and strong-willed, and it took a lot of, you know, a great portion of my life to learn how to use that well and to use it, you know, in a way that pleased God. And so I think I remember it was, I think it was maybe a month or so after Nate was diagnosed and, um, he was either sick, wasn't just, wasn't feeling well, or he was off at work or something. He wasn't available. And the basement was almost out of wood. We have a couple of wood racks down in the basement that mm-hmm. we try to keep filled and we are almost empty and we have tons of wood in the barn. 
um, and stored outside that we bring in. And so I decided, well, if Nate can't do it, then I'm going to do it. And so I worked really hard and filled the whole basement with wood. And I was very sore afterwards and very tired. But I made, as I'm carrying wood down in the basement and stacking it, I made a decision that I was going to, as much as I could, and with God's help and guidance, fully depending on him, I was going to be strong. Because Nate might need me to be strong, and the kids might need me to be strong. And I didn't know what it looked like at that point, because we didn't really know anything other than he had cancer and it didn't look very good. Um, but I just decided in that moment that I I wanted to be strong. Boy, that's powerful. And, and I'll tell you why. I think just thinking it through, one of the things that you did that God prepared you for, probably without you even knowing it, mm-hmm. was you needed to focus on what you could do. Yes. Yep. Not what you couldn't do. Yeah. And when you focus on what you can do, it's amazing what you end up doing. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, yeah. I, no, I can carry some wood in. No, I can carry all the yeah. wood in. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. And now, you know, I'm sure you uh, employ the uh, children to help you at oh, times yes. to do things. But, <laughs> but still, you know, you're still going to bring wood in. Yeah. You're still going to do the things that you used to do. Yep. And it's amazing because you focused when you had the opportunity on what you can do, not what you couldn't do, what you were missing on. Every human being has this um, thing that we, I call psychologists and, and whatnot say, they call it focalism. Mm-hmm. And, and you end up focusing on something. And yeah. if you focus on what you cannot do or what you're losing, mm-hmm. you're paralyzed. Yeah. Yep. And, and really, you didn't lose anything with God. In fact, he drew you closer to yes. himself. Yep. So you didn't lose the most important thing in life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You didn't permanently lose Nate. Mm-hmm. You will be with him again. So he's not gone forever. He's just <laughs> gone for now. Yes. And, and so what you've decided to do, and this is my own summary so far talking to you, is <laughs> you've decided to focus on what you could do and who God is, yes. not what he didn't do for you, yep. but what he did do for you. Mm-hmm. One of the critical factors in going through difficult times is to remind yourself of what you know, not what you feel. Yes. But still to allow yourself to feel. Have you allowed yourself to feel oh, yes. <laughs> sad and the pain? Yes. It's, and I like... I'm not one to dwell on that just because of my personality. Right. Um, but there are very appropriate times to allow yourself to grieve and allow that to show so that other people can come alongside and comfort, you know, and be with you through that. So, Absolutely. so yeah, I have done that. Yep. You know, it's, it, it is just fun to be able to talk to you because so many times when I'm talking to somebody, they are at the end of their rope. Mm-hmm. They have spent years focusing on what they cannot do. They've spent years focusing on what God seems to not want to do. They've spent years thinking they've been cheated. And to try and tell them that there is a plan and that it's good is very difficult because they want to reject that. And uh, I think we're going to have to talk more about this. Uh, We only have a half hour (laughs) show, so we're going to have to say goodbye to our friends in a moment here. And then we'll pick it up for another segment if uh, those that want to listen to it can go to relate365.com and they can look for the discussion between Dave and Jenna 
And you can also look back. We've had another discussion before, and you can look for the uh, Younger Older programs with Nate and Dave as well if you want the background history and download them all and enjoy putting it in context. But for now, this is Dave Wager in the studios of Relate 365 with Younger Older. Talk to you in a bit. <laughs> 